0: CBCC episode 65, My Realization of the Day. Possession movies are one of my favorite subgenres in horror. I can't get enough of them, but I've realized that 90% of them are all about the same thing, the sexual liberation of women. So, it sounds to me like our problems would be solved if, oh, I don't know, we just let women be happy and fuck whoever they want? And you know, yeah, sometimes the demons get catty about it. Have you tried taking the demon out on a date before you try to exorcise them with the Bible? I think that might, uh, you know, work a little bit better. Ditch the holy water. Bring some flowers. It might work out for you. Who knows? Maybe we should just start calling them Pussy movies. Maybe we should just start calling them pussish movies. Uh maybe we should just call them pussyish movies. <laughs> no, that did not work out the way I wanted it to. Let's just get to the show. Hello, hello, everybody. It is your boy Devon Taylor, aka underscore daddy disco on Twitter and Instagram. And this is the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club. Usually you would be also joined by my uh, lovely co host Garrett McDowell. He is not with us today. Um and I, I don't why would I say he's not with us? He he is still with us, everybody, but he, um he is not um on this episode. He is sick with the flu. Um, so we will wish him well on um, the social media and everything. So it is, but you still have me. And we do have a um, guest waiting in the wings. Um, the Bly Blunts Cinema Club is a podcast where we dive into the subgenres and franchises of the horror genre. And this month um, is all about Black horror cinema. And I'm very excited to dive into an obscure one that has an interesting um, history behind it. And man, the energy coming from this movie is something else. So um, let me go ahead and bring in the guest. Um, She is a writer for Dread Central and one of the co-hosts of the Nightmare on a Fierce Street podcast. It is Sheree Bohannon. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, um, I am so happy that you are here. Um, I listened because I I had heard your episode on uh, Scarred for Life before I heard your uh, podcast. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I need this person. (laughs) I was laughing at so much. And I was like, I just had to get you on the show. Um, So, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on.
1: Always like I I love horror movies and I love having a cocktail or whatever. Why talk about them? Because it's mayhem. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's chaos and yes. it's the good shit. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and tell us a little bit about um, your podcast and um, how you got started.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, me and a friend I had in college used to just like sit around drinking and watching horror movies. Mm-hmm. And when the pandemic rolled in, we were doing that again. But long distance on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, "What if we did this and recorded it and see what would happen?" And we thought three friends would listen, but it ended up being a lot more than that, <laughs> which has been great because we meet all these cool people, and I was other cool podcasters. Oh uh, but God. like, we, <laughs> my show is basically us getting drunk and talking about horror through intersectional lenses, mm-hmm. because it doesn't love us. We love the genre, but it doesn't love us, and. You have to find ways of laughing while talking about the problems. Mm-hmm. That's just healing.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I totally um get from that lens because yeah, it's like you get you got to find the the fun in it. You know, especially like in the movie that we're gonna be talking about today, where it, you know, kind of has you know, it it ha- it takes a serious look at you know certain issues you know that um you know within the black community, but also still you know allow the same stuff that it's just like this was in 74 but then you know once you kind of watch horror and like realize we still kind of didn't progress past some of the things in this movie it like retroactively like it's like oh man that's kind of a bummer but at the same time there's (laughs) way too much fun to be had to where i can you know kind of overlook some of those things but but um but yeah i absolutely um loved your um love your podcast listen to a few episodes. Um, I I listened to the last exorcism episode while I was walking (laughs) Cal earlier. And, um, because there, there is an episode of blood blood Cinema club on that movie. Um, there's a, there's like three episodes, um, that we did over the summer about the devil and possession. Um, and they are, they are in, um, what I call the, the lost episodes archive. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll come out at some point. Um, yeah. But I, I love The Last Exorcism. I think it's a it's a hoot and a half. So I'm very excited for when that episode does come out. But oh my goodness. So such a wild movie and it has very, you know, some flavor of, yes. uh, of this movie for sure in it. But yeah, so I will definitely um, have links um, to the social media for your guys' podcast because everybody should check it out. But let's go ahead and get into the movie for this episode. Hulk! Abby released um, December 25th, 1974. I love me a good um, counter-programming horror release on Christmas um, we love to see it directed by William Girdler, who was um, known for some of his other kind of clone type movies. Um, he did a you know Jaws esque movie called Grizzly about a grizzly bear, and um, some other uh, black exploitation films as well. This movie um, was made on a you know very small hundred thousand dollar budget and made four million dollars. This is in seventy four. But this is also in only one month because this film was pulled after four weeks because Warner Brothers uh, sued them on copyright claims that this film was too similar to The Exorcist. So kind of wild and interesting. So I'm going to go ahead and put a timer on for our guest to give us our 60-second synopsis in case you haven't seen this film or um, you haven't seen it in a while. It is on YouTube. It is kind of, it doesn't exist uh, anywhere because they, like, destroyed all the copies. It's crazy. Um, So, Sheree, are you ready to give us a a 60-second synopsis on uh, this wild ride of a film?
1: Let's do it. I think I got it.
0: Alrighty, I got you. In three, two, one, go.
1: So, an archaeologist slash reverend unleashes some demon while on a dig. And the demon decides to go back to where he's from and unleash hell um, on his son's wife, who is a pastor's wife. So she's very subdued and quiet and doesn't drink and doesn't think about having great sex. And so when this demon like rears its head, and it's all like, what you mean? I want to fuck. We are you talking about making love? And people are like, oh, no, is Abby popping off? What's wrong with Abby? <laughs> she's not being the wife we wanted her to be. <laughs> um, and so he calls his dad to be like, dad, what the fuck? And Dad's like, I pissed off some demons. I'm on my way. um Meanwhile, Abby's out and about, destroying people left and right, just like fucking in the back of cars, asking people, talking to her about her husband because she's no man's wife. I I also can't stress enough that the local choices they made. After <laughs> Five. <laughs> <when Abby's-> four. <laughs> oh, three. that's it. They get her out of her. She lives. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a uh, that's definitely the gist of Abby. Um, it, this movie, um, I'm very glad you suggested it. This is totally up my alley of, um, you know, one, I will say this movie is definitely different enough from the exorcist to, mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, and even Girdler would like saying it's like, yeah, sure. I was riding on the coattails of the exorcist, but like in reality, this movie came out only a year later, like, okay, how much influence could it have possibly had? You know, maybe some, but, you know, who knows how much exactly. And then, uh, but again, like, this movie, yeah, there's there's some elements here and there, definitely, like, at the beginning and, like, kind of how it gets going. But then, like, by the halfway point, this is definitely its own movie. And...
1: it definitely borrowed the parts of the Exorcist that nobody cares about. Like I yeah. <laughs> I said on my own show, I don't care what this pastor reverend was doing in this other country. I care about the possession. And so they stole that to get it started. But like who hasn't? We've had like 90 billion Exorcist movies where somebody unleashes something in a different country and they got no business being in. And so the fact that they shut this one down, I was like, really, Warner Brothers? Really?
0: Yeah, no. It's definitely some some bullshit trying to trying to keep a brother down. I don't like mm. it. Um, because I mean, yeah, it may be just because it was also like just because it was so close in time. But, you know, like again, like if movies were gonna do that now, you know, like I mean, how many times would like, you know, Alien be able to sue other movies because it's too similar to Alien, you know, because all sci fi movies are similar to Alien, you know?
1: Like the slasher boom that was the eighties, it was all because they were like, "Is Halloween bringing in money in seventy eight? We can do that with a chainsaw. We can do that with a machete." And so, like, if nobody else got shut down, it just seems suspect that this one was shut down. Like, what is this one mm-hmm. different? How is it different? Black mm-hmm. people?
0: Exactly. It's um, it's it's yeah, it's pretty messed up. And even you know, again, like you know, this being a black exploitation film, and it. it still, it, it does such a good job of like, yeah, having the, the earnestness of like some of the themes that it's exploring, you know, whether it be, um, a, a woman's desires versus being a good wife or, um, the like tough competitive relationships between black men and their fathers, like they're definitely still, you know, digging into some real shit, but then also still having enough, um, you know, um, being able to have a sense of humor about itself and, you know, the premise of the movie as well. And like what they're really trying to do with it. And, um, you know, still letting this movie just be weird. Like it's, it's very, it's so bizarre. There's such funny choices. There's freeze frames. Like I, I love just everything that this movie is doing. Like there's a red tint over everything. I don't know if that's just the YouTube version
1: i i've only ever seen it on youtube both times i've watched it because nobody else has it and it's always like this is like the first season of drag race filter and i don't know why
0: mm-hmm. yes
1: <laughs> no other movie has it that i've seen in that era
0: oh my goodness yeah i i mean but i'm i'm here for it um yeah i'm, I'm definitely here for it and um demonic possession is one of my favorite subgenres. um i love it i'm a sucker for a possession movie um you know the there's a there's an easy formula and if you hit that formula and then just put a few different twists on it then you're good like that's all you need
1: yeah (laughs) which is why i don't know how the exorcist that warner brothers was like so protective of fucked up their bag because like (laughs) they Mm -hmm. did the first movie and after that they were like let's just not do exorcisms anymore but call it exorcist and i'm like i don't want to see a police procedural I want you to excite right? some fucking demons <laughs> so, <laughs> Or like Abby can't have the formula and we can't have it anymore either and I'm like why are we doing it this way
0: I mean yeah because again like there's definitely enough that's different about it like it and it, again it just it, it follows like the tropes pretty pretty down down the line but again kind of puts it in some black context which is just it it. it I like that it's just presented that way. And, and mm-hmm. um, there's never a point in the film where, like, you know, race has to be a contention because it's not. It's just we're just watching, you know, this story, this very similar story being told through a different lens. Um, and I guess, you know, in the 70s, I was kind of hard to take in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen, I, I think this movie has all of maybe two or three white people in it. Um, I know that the one that comes to the house—that's <laughs> mm, yep. I mean, I mean, the one I'm thinking of. But I would say maybe one or two more that I just did, did make an impression like that one. Mm-hmm. And- that is i think that is also part of it because they're just like wait it's not about whiteness so therefore shut this shit down because like everybody's borrowing from everybody when it comes to hollywood like we Mm -hmm. are always saying we're tired of reboots and remakes um and this is not a new argument and so i was like why would you shut this down saying it's too similar when aside from there being a demon and somebody triggered the demon in a different country (laughs) you've got nothing like it's it's like a spot the difference photo album um Mm -hmm. so many things are so fucking different and drastic and this one is also playing with like a whole like religious family whereas that one was like a Hollywood actress um in a different income bracket and like different ages and everything and so I this one was times I was like Warner Brothers you bullshit like (laughs) this is definitely one of those times
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's really ridiculous but I, I I enjoyed this movie though um I had a lot of fun with it there's there's, uh, you know, a lot of things about it that I like that there's just, like, very small details that do make this movie, you know, distinctly black. That oh, makes yeah. me very happy. Um, the, the way that people, um, the, the characters in the movie, will talk about someone just, like, in straight compliments for, like, yes. 30 seconds straight, listing all their achievements to everybody... <laughs> And they're just like, yeah, you know, like talk about, you know, Abby working seven days a week, you know, all the the three different like jobs she's doing, like all this stuff. And she's just like, yeah, you know, it's just that's me, you know. And I love that <laughs> because that's something that like only black people do, like the way that we like talk with each other, just like constantly hyping everybody up the way they hype Dr. Williams up in the beginning, too, is yes. hilarious. <laughs>
1: Yes, no, that and the big auntie energy coming from the older women who are talking to Abby about what it is to be a wife and what it is the this responsibility. Oh yeah, and I'm just like no wonder she while, pops
0: off while they're preparing chicken for the cookout. Like it's very, very much just very distinct. I like how they use that too. Like not only to like have that, but then also to have this like you know weird scene where after Abby is like this is like the first sign of Abby showing. Um, being possessed and she's like erotically fixing with the chicken and then cuts her arm and uh, like I like that again it's like it's used to like kind of show this like the the blackness but it's also the hor- like introducing the horror elements too
1: yeah and we also get William Marshall who was the king of black exploitation horror he mm-hmm. was Blackula yep. in case you don't know <laughs> listening um, like you had to have him it was a black horror movie in the 70s otherwise it's not a real movie
0: Yep, yep, no, you gotta, it, it, or else it didn't happen, or else it didn't happen, right. but I mean, yeah, and it's, he, he's. and I will say, the the actor they, like, found to play Emmett does look just like him, because, like, it took me a minute to, like, realize that they were different characters at first.
1: <laughs> I wasn't wearing my glasses, and again, it's got that weird... <laughs> A film situation happening and so i was like of course he's going to be the husband because he's a leading man and then he called and was like oh no and i had put my glasses on to be like what else have i missed
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man yeah and again the the youtube quality does not help but at the same time it does add that charm as well
1: <laughs> so much charm but i do want to see carol speed because she just recently passed like last month and so i do oh, want to no. see her Yeah, no, I found out because um, Ash from Rise of the Dead tweeted about it. But I want to see her in something that's not grainy and orange so I can, like, see her actually, like, (laughs) too Mm -hmm. much again to do. Because she's having fun in this role, which is why I think I I love it so much. Because, like, how often do you see a Black woman having fun in horror even today (laughs) as in the 70s?
0: Yeah, I mean, she's getting to have fun in so many different ways because, like, again, like, I love, that's something I always look out for in in a good possession film, like how good is the double performance? Like how well are you selling like your character, but then also the possessed version of yourself. Like I always think about like how fun that is for like that actor. Um, and she, and she really does it. Like, I mean, yeah, the voice is kind of goofy, but at the same time, it's really fun. And she commits to it the whole time. Like every time it's possessed Abby, kind of which uh, possessed Abby oh my goodness all the sass in the world she's out here just trying to live her best life fuck all these men like it's great (laughs)
1: like maybe she should stay possessed she seems to be living a better life
0: Uh, (laughs) straight up she is not working seven days a week anymore um she's not just here just to serve her husband and the community and everyone like abby wants to have some abby time you know so and possessed abby is all about that self self (laughs) self-care
1: listen (laughs) like the fact that they were like oh no she's not being selfless there must be a demon here I don't even know God.
0: about where she's coming from. <laughs> like, something's gotta be wrong. It's just, it's a, <laughs> a, definitely a demon. <laughs>
1: she didn't put me first. It doesn't holy really water on her.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I this is definitely like I'm I'm upset that we didn't. This was you know too early back in the seventies. We didn't get the the good for her moment at the end of this that we would get in a. You know, twenty first century Abby. at the twenty first century Abby would like it, the movie would end with him setting both women on fire and that being the end of the movie.
1: <laughs> right, which is so messed up. I I really sad that we don't get to celebrate the Black Station movies because like Sugar Hill is right there. Like Good for Her starts with Sh- well, this is before that by three years, but like mm-hmm. the fact that nobody has Sugar Hill and they're like being fire for Good for Her and they're all like Carrie started it and I'm like. Mm. No, no, miss me. No, no, no,
0: no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, um, but yeah, but again, like she is really getting to have a lot of fun, and also, like, we're getting just to see a young black woman be, you know, sexually liberated as well. Um, and again, like for 1974, I love it. I do like there, they just did not care in this movie, and it's really great to see. It was very refreshing
1: yeah like i wish we put it on like a blu-ray or something because that one i would buy instead of seeing it on youtube forever because it's always there Mm -hmm. (laughs) i I just i love like the moments like her coughing in the church after singing all the songs (laughs) and it's just so over the top it's fucking funny
0: (laughs) it's it's so funny he really tries to push through the sermon like she's not just like coughing a lung up he's really (laughs) trying and she is just oh man so funny oh it's so good
1: think that and her walking out of the hospital are the times I laugh the hardest because she's just, like, throwing people as they're getting in her way. She's like, I'm leaving this bitch.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, she's literally calm. Like, she's calm walking, but just, like, yeah, everybody that, like, is coming up to her, she's just like, out of my way, motherfucker. Get out of my way, bitch. Like, she's basically just slapping people as she's walking out and then just, like, calmly walks down the stairs. And I was like, damn.
1: Like. <laughs> And then she goes home and gets into a new outfit to meet her husband and the hospital. And she comes up the stairs like, welcome. I'll be entertaining
0: you. I love how uh, Emmett goes. He's like, oh, they didn't give you any trouble for leaving or for, you know, without paying the bill. And then she goes, let's just say I was not stopped. And I was like, oh,
1: love her so much
0: <laughs> oh she's so great she is she is so great <laughs>
1: <laughs> for some reason when they're trying to like get the out of her at the bar at the end she has that you ugly motherfuckers and i <laughs> fall to i can't i can't recover for like five minutes i have to fall <laughs> oh
0: man yeah some of her line deliveries are just really really good yeah. whenever she like um Whenever she first reveals, you know, possessed, I reveals herself to Emmett, and uh, (laughs) yeah, says the, yeah, what, uh, I want to know why you call sex love, (laughs) like, is so good.
1: I love that scene because it tells me all I needed about Emmett because she's like, "Why you call it that? We fuck it," and she kicks him in his shit. <laughs> and then like the next day, he has people over, and I'm like, "Why would you have people over <laughs> And this is what's going on in your home right now?"
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, this is after she like jumps on top of him, strangles him, is like riding him, but also slapping him in the face, and he was like, "No, no, no," and the and then, uh, one of the first of many freeze frames on Abby's face. <laughs> Oh, I was not expecting that. And, it, like, I, bring freeze frames back, please. Listen, listen, it would just
1: come out of nowhere. Because you'd be watching it, and all of a sudden it's like, ta-da. And I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> I guess this is your movie. The the
0: freeze frame, and then also whenever it, I like how it would cut back and forth between, like, creepy horror score. And then all of a sudden, cool jazz music would kick in. <laughs> There were um, there were some choices. No,
1: like I, if I were teaching a film class, this would be somewhere in the semester. <laughs> <laughs> like we need to appreciate Abby more. We, we don't enough as a community.
0: <laughs> no, and uh, again, like. Um, We get to see um, this, you know, Abby just goes on this, you know, tirade of not really causing issues to people. It's either she's either berating other women getting in her way or just like seducing men and like forcing forcing them into her or not. Just all the men, all of them.
1: Listen. Listen, like the guy in the car cuz he's like I can't keep stop thinking about your husband and she's like I don't have a fucking husband. I'm free. So those I ring out the car. <laughs> cuz he's just laying there like what just happened?
0: <laughs> I mean, straight up like again like I've um I've mentioned on this podcast before. I, when I say uh, um rape is not good. Rape is not good. But there are good depictions or interesting depictions of rape. And you know just the uniqueness of having it be a woman kind of raping raping a man after he's like the one that's like oh no I don't want to cheat I or I don't want to like you to cheat on your husband and it's just like nah like you know let let women be nasty too and you know I appreciate that
1: yeah because. I feel like there's so much more to that story because he always had his eye on Abby, mm-hmm. which is why this like African spirit, as they keep calling it inside Abby was like, let's do this fool. <laughs> and so like for him, like ride out here with her, it end up in the back seat and then be like, I have to give out your husband. I was like, this is a little bit gaslighting, but then again, like there's a demon in her. And so I'm like, I don't know whose side of the truth I'm listening to right now. Cause y'all both look real sus. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
0: And this is where we get also, like, one of, um, there's, you know, every once in a while in this movie, we'll get hit with, like, a really, like, gorgeous shot, and, like, the shot of the car, like, with all the fog in the world surrounding it looks really cool. No,
1: there was so many cool things happening. I... Oh my god, this one's not as cool. It's funny, but like, when they have her at the bar and William Marshall Bishop, whoever, is like, hold her down and puts on this full on outfit. <laughs> oh, the the
0: the actual um, exorcism part of the movie, which is you know always got to be the the crescendo of a good possession movie. And boy, do we get a good one, because I love how, um, you know, first at the beginning, when um Dr. Williams is trying to cast the demon out, he's just yelling at the demon and being like, get out, do it. And he's just yelling. And then the demon's like, ha ha, you can't tell me what to do. And then so when we get to the exorcism part, now that he's, you know, learned some things about women, he, he now he just talks to the demon real calm like instead of yelling at it (laughs) and that's really the only difference between what he did before and what he's doing now and um i I love a good uh, a good um exorcism scene and the back and forth between dr williams and this demon is so hilarious oh i love it so much (laughs)
1: Would have watched them do that for two seasons, Just the Demon, <laughs> and William Moore come back and forth. I remember the two dudes were there holding her down because like they don't really matter at this
0: point. No, that's definitely they. They had some real big um, odd couple energy there. Um, the back and forth whenever he was like, he goes, "Ah, no, you're trapped," and then the demon goes, "What? No, I'm not trapped." And then he was like, "Oh no, you're trapped, all right." And then he goes. I could leave. I could leave and then he goes, "Oh, you could you could go if you wanted to." And then the demon goes, "I could go like right now." <laughs> <laughs> so petty. Oh my gosh, it was great.
1: <laughs> I just could not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's just like she's like trying to like tempt the brother and then trying to tempt Emmett. And um again, it's just there's there's nothing different and again, but I like the you know he deduces it's not the demon that says it is and like all this back and forth again like you know uh, uh at the end of a day in a possession movie the exorcism is literally just the pastor roasting the demon and um it, dr williams thoroughly roasts this demon for sure he
1: did he did <laughs> it was quality um <laughs>
0: Oh yes.
1: (laughs) I feel like I feel like him and his demon have a history that we don't see because like this demon. Finds his family immediately. It was like I'll be waiting Mm -hmm. for you, good sir. And like even when him is calling his dad, it's like that's right. Tell your daddy I'm waiting for him. (laughs) I'm just like, wow. I'm like, y'all got beef. I don't know what it is. They
0: do because yeah, yeah, that because I was thinking about that. Like you know, I mean, this all starts with yeah. Dr. Williams is like doing his little archaeological dig. And then I was like, okay, why does this demon, why is it not going after him? Why is, as soon as the demon gets dug up, goes after his family. Like, yeah, there's, there's some history going on. Um, Even the way, (laughs) even the way whenever Dr. Williams finds the, the like idol or whatever at the beginning, the, the, the artifact that he, that releases him. And he's is uh, describing it and he's like, oh, yes, look by the symbols, you know, the whirlwinds of issue. And then he's like and then he goes the erect penis and then he goes, hey, hey, hey. like it was like his old buddy. And he goes, yep, there's no doubt about it. It's issue. Like, uh, like, are you are all friends or you're not like this is some me shit like. <laughs>
1: right. Especially because like an African sex demon is very specific and they wanted us to know it was an African sex demon. And I was like, Dr. Williams, was you, <laughs> why was you looking for this specifically? <laughs> and how often have you found it? Cause y'all got a history again. And I'm just like, what are you getting into, Reverend Doctor?
0: And, it, I, I, and I also love the, the specificity of this demon is it's the God of two things, of whirlwinds and of sex. And that's exactly what we get from this demon, this movie. Uh, being right. being the god of whirlwinds is um, very uh, cost effective. Um, yeah. You know, help save on the budget because it's easy just to blow shit around. Like that's a, that's pretty easy, and they do they use that uh, very cheap effect lots of ways in this movie. But it's hilarious every time as well. So and, and then also Abby is just also fucking. So that demon Listen. does deliver. <laughs>
1: I I feel like a lot of seventies horror just naturally has that line of is this a horror movie or a porno, and so I love that. Happy's <laughs> yep. whole mission was get it in, get it in, and wait for this doctor to show up so I can fight him. And I'm like, you know what? Actual items are good. Like <laughs> goals are good.
0: Oh yeah, like um this um this movie I've been I've been real into erotic thrillers lately. Um, you know, watching old ones, but then also I've really been liking uh, some of these like more modern contemporary. I think the erotic thriller is about to be like the the subgenre that's really about to have a resurgence again. Um, I think yeah. we're I think we're finally done with the slashers scream, put a pin in it. And we're, we're good now, I think, for a bit. We'll get so another we're, sequel. Uh, yeah, but but I, I think by this point, uh, you know, uh, it's erotic thrillers times Um, But so I liked some of the like erotic thriller uh, elements in this film, Um, because I mean, when you really think about it, most 70s horror was pretty horny just in general. And I think that's why I love it so much. Like I do love um, 70s horror. As soon as you recommended this, I was like 74. I was like, "Mm, sweet spot. I I think I'm going to dig this.
1: I'm happy you like it because I I watched it for the first time last year because I was putting together a list of, like, Black movies that are not based in, like, racial trauma because that's a real thing that yes. we keep having to see. And I was like, I have not seen Abby. Why not? Horror noir said it's worth a watch. And I had a damn good time. And I've been waiting to talk about it ever since.
0: Yes, and I, I do want to, um yeah, talk on that is, yeah, I, I do get so sick of, you know, seeing... Um, movies where it's just like yeah, black people suffering or being yeah. oppressed in some way, or you know, like you, I, I don't watch slave movies anymore. I'm done with it. Same. I don't. I don't. Same. Don't don't I try got to. The yeah, I, I, I yeah I understand. I I I'm good. Thank you. Like don't try to trick me by putting Janelle Monae in a movie. I'm not watching that shit. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs>
1: used to watch that movie and that's why me and janelle started having her falling out because before that i was like you know what she's from kansas i'm from missouri we can be friends and she was like Bella. and i was like no (laughs) i'm supporting you but this is where i draw a line and i i also am not watching them even though like a lot of white people watch them and i was like you should watch it i'm like no i I should not i'm Mm -hmm. good whatever lena is doing to y'all y'all can have it
0: yeah no there's um there's a movie that scarred me as a kid um, called *Beloved*. Have you seen that one?
1: When I was a kid, *Once Was Enough*.
0: <laughs> yes, I watched that way too young, and oh my goodness, it scarred me like literally no, like nothing ever has. Like it, I get a visceral like feeling in my stomach when I think about that movie, um, and I'm just like, no nah, no, I don't, I don't like those. <laughs>
1: That movie is the reason I stopped trusting Oprah. I have to now do a little bit of research. I just run into Oprah selection. Cause I'm just like, what are you doing? What mm-hmm. you doing
0: auntie? Right. <laughs> are you going into some real dark ghost daughter slave shit? No, no. Yeah. You can keep I that. I don't
1: want it. But like, I, there's just so many stories to be told without us having to center whiteness because of racism. Like we can we can go to brunch without it being a racist thing. We can go to Mars without it being a racist thing. We can we can fight demons like an Abbey without it being a racist thing. But for some reason that's all we ever get. And it's because we don't get to make our own movies. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And you know, and there's you know, at least for me as a as a you know, aspiring filmmaker. I always kind of sometimes think that there's like a pressure sometimes to be like, you know, like, you know, especially in these days, it's like, you know, if I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a black, you know, I'm a person of color, queer artist, and I need to make, you know, you know, stories about, you know, queerness and, you know, people of color. And it's like, it doesn't always need to be the story, you know, itself. Like, I also like that there's a simplicity in just being like, no, I'm telling a story a you know that was popular around this time these possession stories I'm telling this story and I'm just happen for it to be you know in a black me with black people and mm-hmm. that speak for itself rather than it you know kind of what it would need to be today like again like imagine what 2022 Abby would look like you know and how and how it would be marketed you know like I feel like it would be so, so different rather than how matter of fact this movie is.
1: Yeah. Like, first off, it would be just one black person in this movie. Um, they would decide who it was, depending on who they had access to. It might be Abby and a movie full of white people. And it would also be about, like, we have to try a way of traumatizing her some way, somehow, for being a black woman. And it's also a roll of the dice, depending on the producer, what the issue will be. Because, like, it's, it's just the same story over and over and over now, where it's like, we have Black people, but here's some slavery. Or we have Black people, but here's some racism. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. what if you just have the Black people in the story and not equate it to that? Because, mm-hmm. again, it's just centering whiteness and being oogie. And I, I don't need to see that. If I wanted racism, I would go outside. I'm in mm-hmm. my home <laughs> trying to relax. <laughs> and I don't want you bringing it to me on my TV or advertising to be on my TV, or finding me on the timeline to be like, "You need to watch them." I don't need to watch them. I don't. Mm-hmm. I will never watch them.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the the movie isn't, you know, it, it isn't putting the the plate in your face and like trying to serve the food straight into your mouth if you don't want. It's saying, "Hey, uh, I'm a, I'm the I'm the candy on the table. You know, take a mm-hmm. few pieces of me if you want." Because this is also just a movie having a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, which is another reason why I think uh, critics would piss on it if it was done even similarly today. Because a lot of the critics, unfortunately, are older white men who don't understand if they do even see the movie. (laughs) And so it's always like, Blade is a hot mess. And it's like, are you mean to tell me Blade is a hot mess for the shit you passed with 100% last week was gold? Really? Um, or they're just like, this new Candyman is too woke. And I'm just like, the first Candyman wanted to be woke. It just centered a white woman. And so you're saying you miss being centered on white people. Mm. I hear you loud and clear. And so I I just think that we have so many systems in place that we just need to like completely like burn down and rebuild before we can ever have movies we can enjoy actually mm. be made regularly as opposed to every everyone in a while.
0: Yes, I totally agree. You know, the, the context is always very important, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I very much, very much had a lot of fun with this movie. Again, I'm a, a, a sucker for this uh, subgenre. And it, if it goes along with the playbook and does all the fun things, you know, we as long as we have the actress getting to have a lot of fun doing, you know, just Being wild, you know, accosting people left and right, like that's why I love it in this one especially too. Like, you know, this demon once we do realize, like, it's not this like all powerful demon that is claiming to be. Like, this is just like some some demon out trying to have a good time, and they're just like accosting people left and right, doing their their whirlwinds, and it's just like. But at the end of the day, they're not. I like that this demon isn't like, oh, I'm the ultimate demon, I'm going to rise and take over. No, this demon's just causing a little chaos.
1: (laughs) Which makes it a lovable demon, because again, like it just wants to have sex and blow some shit around. And I'm just like, that's some kid shit. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> right? Just like... So much worse.
0: Like, <laughs> exactly. Could be doing so much worse in the world. And like, I... Maybe I kind of like that as like, if that's like what they're kind of trying to do with um, again, like you know, Abby is this like, you know, super hardworking woman and like is supposed to just give herself over to everybody. And it's again, just like, no, what if she did just want to have some fun and she just wants to, she doesn't want to be married. She wants to fuck around and just like, you know, kind of, and have some time to themselves. You know, they they like they just want to go to a a jazz club and vibe out, you know, (laughs) right?
1: they want to go to a jazz club and maybe hook up with three or four random strangers and then go home and get ready for work the next day. And you know what?
0: (laughs) I found it so funny when he was when um, Emmett called his dad on the phone and was like, "Um, I heard from Abby. I don't know exactly where they are, but I think I heard. Music in the background because literally possessed Abby just literally wants to just go sit at the jazz club and be just like hanging out. And I like, I love that.
1: (laughs) I that makes that demon so endearing. I kind of feel bad for it because it's just like, what you gonna do now? You got a body, go to a jazz club, listen to the music. (laughs) I was a different baby.
0: I mean, just, yeah, very, very petty, very salty when he, like, goes up, when um, Possessed Abby goes off on that woman, and it's just like, (laughs) I'm about to teach you the facts of life, stupid. (laughs) Oh, man.
1: My favorite, um, my favorite
0: demon. (laughs) Yeah, Possessed Abby just loves to be roasting some people.
1: (laughs) Listen, she could have had her own show. I would have tuned in every week.
0: Oh man, uh, the uh, a like '90s style of those um, those uh, those uh, those talk shows like Maury and Montel, like the, the those kind of shows. Imagine that hosted by Possessed Abbey. Ooh,
1: you imagine? You are the father of stupid. <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, he is not the father. You whore! <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> right? You brought five people here, and all of them are wrong.
0: <laughs> she would would not be discriminating. Everybody would, would be getting the heat from possessed Abby.
1: <laughs> she like turn and roast the audience, <laughs> just like, "Hey, cheap shoes! <laughs> 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 I, I want this. We were robbed.
0: I want this." Possessed Abby would be too real They couldn't handle Possessed Abby They just couldn't
1: They couldn't but I'm ready maybe now that we have streamers Because on daytime TV she get in trouble right? But I think I think Netflix or Shudder could do this
0: Oh man Yeah we we need another horror host You know and Possessed Abby You know could definitely fill those shoes
1: I would live I would live I hope somebody's listening and can make this happen Because I want it like
0: Maybe it has to be us. Maybe this this is our true calling.
1: Done. We'll get a pilot together. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and
0: the and the the last thing that I do want to I do want to call out is um, we have multiple scenes of um, you know, when I, it's another thing that I is on the the possession movie uh, checklist. You know is. The, time, the, the part where the demon is really feeling themselves at some point. And it's the scene where Abby is taking like a ridiculously hot shower and just like moaning and writhing in it. And then it, again, we get one of these like moments where this movie like hits you with a really cool fucking shot. And it's like the uh, we get some, you know, Hitchcock shit with the um, silhouette on the shower curtain. And it's Abby writhing, and then you see like a giant demon just like uh, like absorb her, and makes the the sound effect is terrible, but the shot is really cool though.
1: That was a cool shot because like you're like what is happening, and you're like okay, get it, Abby, and it's like you got company, girl. <laughs> it's, it's a roller coaster because I'm just like oh.
0: straight up but then it's like they didn't really frame it of like abby like putting up a fight or anything it looks like she accepted it and was just like you know what, this is maybe this is my this is my shot (laughs) it
1: it also made me wonder if like her shower time is the only time she gets to actually enjoy sex because like I I don't get the feeling that they were having a great sex life. Um,
0: You know, I am, I am not a married woman, but I, but if I had to guess like, yeah, that a shower would definitely be like a a very intimate time, you know, where it is like to yourself and um, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. Cause like I, even when I ran off at the end on the vacation, I'm like, she seemed happier when she was possessed. And so that was just, Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so it, to before we move on to the last segment of the show, uh, an interesting question, because I mean, while I was watching this, like I kind of forgot, I would forget for a moment. W- if you watch this, would you assume that a man directed it?
1: <laughs> I hmm. I would, but also it's the 70s. And so like women didn't really have a lot of agency. So that would also be able to be something that would skew it. Because I know that, like, if I were directing it or if I wanted to see it directed, I would want to spend more time getting to know Abby outside Mm -hmm. of how she's portraying herself and how people see her Mm -hmm. and what made her think she could do this minister's wife bit that is outdated. Because, like, that's just not what most people want. Don't get me wrong, there are some people. But for the most part, all of us are actually being ambitious and wanting to get our goals and also expressing what we need from our partners. And so I would want I would want more of that for me to believe it was not directed by a man. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, uh, more where I was going with is like it doesn't feel as um, exploitative in a way of like, you know, even oh. in that montage where she's like seducing all these men, it doesn't feel like a, you know, it being exploitative, Abby, it feels more of a, you know, a sense of p- empowerment, you know, yeah. of this possessed version of her, Um it, which is like feels refreshing to like see that like and it not, you know, again, like uh how a, you know, male director would typically kind of take this and like, you know, portray it in a different way.
1: One of the things I've been noting, because I'm coming to Black later in life, like the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've been noting is that it's not as boobs and ass as like the mainstream movies of the time. Yeah. Because like, right. And I think it's I don't know if it's because he's saying people kept working with each other because like, again, it's a very niche thing. <laughs> um, or if it was just like so much more respect to given than those other movies, because like if you roll over for like most of the slashers and stuff of that era, it's just like, I don't even know what the girl's face looks like. We're spending so much time on her boobs or ass mm-hmm. and she's just being like mauled and falling down and she's the joke. And so like, I, I don't know. I kind of need to do more research on that because I I'm curious because I've seen like a good cluster because of foreign and helping me figure out which ones to put first. Mm-hmm. And it's not that chaotic naked mess. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I don't know. I find it interesting, but I really did dig this movie, so um, I definitely, if you got through listening to this and you have not seen this movie, um, it's on YouTube. Go watch it. It's a good time. But uh, let's go ahead and get into the last segment of the show. So, to round out the episodes, we have a little segment called Movie Math, where we're um, uh, taking a few movies that maybe if you combine them would give you the movie that we watched today, um, whether it be like you know influences to it, or you know something that came after it, or just something you'd recommend that is in you know the same vein of um, this movie. So for mine, I went with um, again like the reason that the episode that I listened of your podcast, the last exorcism, because I do really enjoy that movie. Um, and I definitely can see a lot of influence of Abby in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, it in, you know, like a lot of possession movies do kind of deal with some, some sort of, um, the character dealing with complicated, you know, feelings of, um, you know, their sexual desires. Um, that is a recurring theme I'd say in a lot of these movies, but, um, something that I would see it a lot in would be The Last Exorcism. And I just really enjoy that movie. And then the other movie, um, which again, I mentioned there's some lost episodes of the podcast that will come out at some point. And one of them is on um, Ayucarda, um from, I think it was like 1976. Um, very similar chaotic vibes, um, except it's a, um, instead of a minister's wife um, having her sexual awakening with all these men, it is a, um, a, a, a orphan in a nunnery having their sexual awakening um, with other nuns. So we get demonic, possessed lesbian nuns, and it's a good time. Where is uh,
1: that streaming? That's my next watch. I
0: think <laughs> I think that is also on you I think you have to also watch that on YouTube. It's like another one of those very elusive films, kind of hard to find. Yeah. Um it was on Shudder at some point at uh, at one point, but I don't think it is anymore. I think I had to watch it on YouTube. I'm
1: going to
0: find that. Thank you. I uh, I'll go back in my messages. I'll see if I can find the link of the one that we watched but it's, it's a it's a good-ass time.
1: Love to see it.
0: Yeah, so uh, <laughs> what would uh, what would your recommendations be?
1: So, I, I immediately thought of Death by Temptation, which comes after, but I saw it first mm-hmm. as a kid um, because we it's a succubus who is out here looking for the men for different reasons, and I thought that mm-hmm. was kind of cool to see, like, Black women experiencing sex for, like, gains and things as opposed to, like, I have to do it because I'm a wife, which is a lot of what I saw in the 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I would I would mix that. I would mix that with metamorphosis which also came after. Um, it's usually on shutter, and it's I feel like that links up with this more than this links up with the exorcist, because you have like the religious man who upsets a demon <laughs> the demon runs to the family and causes chaos and then he's got to save them is and that so, a, um,
0: is that one a uh, korean film yeah or, right yes
1: yeah which i really 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 dig um Ooh. i love an exorcism now. so
0: yeah yeah um i have that one is uh, has been on my watch list um i've been meaning to watch metamorphosis and uh death by temptation we definitely we need more succubus movies yes I have a I have a um, idea that I've been outlining for a succubus rape revenge film because um, I think we need more of those. Intrigued. And yeah, So I think it would be. Uh, yeah, we need more succubus movies. So yes. definitely two movies that I would um, recommend as well. Um, but Sheree, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I very much appreciate it.
1: Thank you. This is fun.
0: Yeah. And um, where can the people find you? Tell us uh, where they find the podcast.
1: Awesome. So for my shenanigans, you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Charae. That's M-I-S-S-S-H-A-R-A-I. On Twitter, my podcast, A Nightmare on Fierce Street, is with the handle at Nightmare Fierce. And on Instagram, we use our full name, A Nightmare on Fierce Street. So it's a good time either way.
0: Do you use um, Miss Chere because you are from Missouri, like like me, like me You're too. From Missouri too? Yeah, what part? I'm from St. Louis. I'm from oh, um, South County. Yeah,
1: conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm from Kansas City. I so back in the day when I was a baby on MySpace, my name was Missy because Missy Elliott exists. Mm, um, of course, <laughs> of course. And when I started leaving my space, I was like, how do I honor my previous self and my actual self? Um, and so that's why I married the two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, now you got now you got two fun little double entendres there for I it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, love having a fellow Midwesterner on the show. Definitely appreciate that.
1: Right. There's not enough of us from Missouri, if you ask me, just saying.
0: I know. Everybody everybody doesn't think we're cool. And we are so cool. Okay. Yeah. They we do exist out there. We are cool.
1: They're jealous of our barbecue and our museums. Those haters. So (laughs) straight
0: up, straight up. They don't have the ribs or the exhibits like us. They don't have them.
1: (laughs) They don't know. They don't even know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And um, I will definitely put links to your socials in the show notes, and uh, make sure you give um Sheree's podcast a listen. You guys are a hoot and a holler yourselves so yeah definitely check them out um and next week uh garrett will be back and uh, we will be talking his pick for the month which is um his house which is um was released in 2020 it's on netflix Mm -hmm. so go ahead and make sure you uh check that movie out before the new episode and then of course if you are listening on apple Podcasts or spotify give us a five-star rating Uh, write some sweet words. We'd very much appreciate it. It is, um, you know, helps the podcast reach some new listeners. So we would uh, very much appreciate that. But until next time, that will go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday, so make sure you are following the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Bloody Blunt's Pod. And make sure you're following me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Daddy Disco. But until next time, guys, stay
1: lifted.